Hey, you can do the introduction. <laughs> okay, never mind. Here you go. Okay. All right. Hello, guys. <laughs> Hi, welcome to another episode of All Take Three, a movie treasure hunt. Uh, this week, this um, treasure, this theme we are covering is uh, movies with prepositions in the titles. Uh, I am Jacob, going to be your host for today's episode, joined as always by my impeccable uh, brother and sister-in-law, Alex and Kristen. Uh, say hi, guys. Hi, hi. guys. Kristen. It's me, Kristen. Oh, never mind. Kristen did good. I said hi. <laughs> yeah, Alex. You I said Alex. good. <laughs> Terrible, Alex. In her Just defense, kidding. I didn't say Simon Says. Oh man. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm uh I'm Jake actually, sorry. Wait. Huh? <laughs> You're the host no, of the I'm episode? Kidding. Okay, you take the reins, sir. My name's Alex, and I'm here to say that our co hosts' names are Kristen and Jake. Take it away. So for this week, for this theme, sorry, um we are covering movies. With prepositions in the titles, and it was my choice, this uh, selection, and I chose one of my favorite movies uh, of all time. It was in my top five for a long time, and that movie is Stranger Than Fiction, starring Will Ferrell. Go ahead. Top five for a long time, but no longer? According to my letterbox, it's not in there anymore. I don't know. They only do top four. They do only do a top four. So yeah, I'll put that one in my top five. I'll put that as number five. It's not on screen, where no, where I don't have to amount to it to anybody. Um, I like this movie way more than the average person, most likely. But something about this movie just hits me. You know, it makes me feel something. And I don't know if I watched it at like a point in time where I was going through something or what, but it's just like embedded in my heart of hearts. It gives you a heart on. Yes, a very large <laughs> one, like one of those, uh, one of those like thirty-inch balloon hearts that they sell for uh, Valentine's Day. That's what this right. movie does to my heart. It's like the end of the Grinch when you watch this movie. Yeah, his heart got two sizes or it, at three sizes, right? At three, three sizes, sizes that yeah. day. Three three XL on his heart size. Very cool. nice. That's awesome. When's the When's the first time you remember watching this? Was it like a, a young teenager, do you think? Because when did this it, come out? Like, 06? Yeah, 2006 is when it came out. Um, I don't I don't think I remember watching it in 06. I think I had to watch it like when I was in high school. It's, it's got to be shortly after, because I'm pretty sure it was it was new-ish when we got it on, uh, on video, on DVD. Yeah, and I still have that DVD copy, um, but... I'm not sure when it was, but it was definitely in that kind of, you know, maturity type of time where you're finding yourself. And this is kind of a yeah a movie where, you know, look at the brighter side of life. And I'm a kind of an optimistic guy by nature, so I think it just kind of struck a chord with, like, who I wanted to be as a person and what it was portraying, you know. This movie came out in 2006. Did you guys know that? 
Yeah, we were yeah, just we talking about that. that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for listening, Kristen. <laughs> Kristen is a faithful listener sorry. of the podcast. I'm sorry. That's insane. We were 15. Jake was 14. No. Jacob would have been 13. (laughs) I was born in 1993, so. Oh, damn. (laughs) Jake was 13, yeah. You're so young. God. (laughs) Young and old. Everybody's young in this movie. I mean, even the the older people in this movie are young, like the Dustin Dustin Hoffman. Hoffman? Oh, he's sexy. Yeah, he's he's young in this movie. How old is Dustin Hoffman now? Dustin Hoffman, now he's attractive. He's I don't know about. He's eighty-three. Is he? Kristen. Heck yeah. I like. Yeah. What about Rain Man? Nineteen thirty-seven. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I was trying to search Dustin Hoffman. I started typing "sexy Dustin Hoffman." Oh my god, <laughs> that's good. Hoffman. That's my. Uh, that's most of my search history is that god exact damn. search. He's eighty-three. He's insane. Can she hear? Can she hear me? Is my microphone <laughs> on? <laughs> she Sorry, just I'm doing my us. own thing. Hi, welcome to Kristen's podcast. Okay, I don't know who these it's a podcast alongside a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I wouldn't even say within a podcast. It's just like, just like next to you. Yeah, concurrently. <laughs> oh, like like we were starting. We were having a podcast, and Kristen somehow got like stuck into our Zoom. And she just can't figure it out, but so she's just like doing her own thing by next to us. She's, but she's covering the same subject. Yeah, the exact same <laughs> subject, just by herself, attached to our Zoom. These guys oh, are weird. So, Stranger Than Fiction, um, a brief plot summary. If you don't you want to know it. about our, uh, oh, I guess history whatever. with the movie. I'm not that interested. Wait, I'm going first. Okay, I'm excited. Okay, so okay, I'm so excited. Okay, uh, go ahead and give us. Give us your your um, relation to this movie. Okay, so when you said you wanted to watch this movie, I was like, "Damn it!" Like, because I didn't want to watch this movie. <laughs> why? I don't know why. I just I don't know. Like the first time I watched it, I thought it was really boring, and I didn't want. I like I've never seen it again since I watched it once. And I remember watching it as a teenager, and I was like, "What is this movie? Like this, this weird movie." And then I never watched it again. And then when you said you wanted to watch it, I was like, "Dang it! I don't want to watch that movie." <laughs> Man, like you can even ask Alex. I was like, "I'll just read the synopsis." Like, <laughs> yeah, she was trying to get out of watching it last night. Gosh, I'm glad you held her to the fire, Alex. Oh, whatever. I did it on my own free will. Whatever. I'm like, this is our podcast. You you gotta listen to the oh, or listen. You gotta watch the movie. Whatever. <laughs> Anyways, we watched it. And because I can't remember when I first watched it, I knew, like I said, I knew it was when I was a teenager. And you're probably expecting like a, a Will Ferrell movie. Probably. When you watched yeah. it then. And I thought it was super boring. And um, I, like I said, I hadn't watched it since then. So this would be my second time watching it since I watched it as a teenager forever ago. And I thought it was awesome. Yeah! <laughs> It definitely surprised me more than I thought it was going to. Um, it's, it's a deep movie, and it's beautiful. Yay! Oh, that makes me so um, happy. Yeah. Take it away, Alex. <laughs> All right. Alex, give me another heart. Make my heart happy, too. <clears throat> so this is a movie like Jacob I, I remember watching um, when we were teenagers, and 
probably watched it quite a few times um, back then on DVD. And uh, yeah, I mean, it stuck with me um, ever since. I'd often just pull up the scene on YouTube of when he plays the guitar for Anna in her um, house, condo, apartment. I'm like not apartment, sure exactly. yeah. That's yeah. Um, kind of like a townhouse. But yeah, uh, uh, I mean, th- I like the song, you know, uh, Whole Wide World just because of this movie. And it's one that uh, Kristen probably doesn't remember, but we watched it a few years ago. <laughs> oh. Um, <Did> we? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. I was, I was like, I feel I want to watch that. It's been a long time since I've seen this. I want to watch it. So we watched it together then. Wow. Um, <laughs> well, it did not stand out then, apparently. So it's, just like Cabin in the Woods that. when we went and saw it in all. the theaters. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's one that's um, I've I haven't watched it a lot um, over recent years, um, but it's definitely a nostalgia movie for me. I'd say it's um, uh, it still holds up really well. Uh, I don't love it as much as I used to, but I still really do love this movie. I will say that watching it today, uh, I think it was the first time I ever noticed kind of like a like a question that I was like, wait, why don't you just do this type of situation, which I'll bring up later on. But I okay. never thought about any other, like, I was like, oh, this, you know, it's perfect, Every, you know. And today when I was watching it, and maybe it's because I was, like, kind of looking at it, you know, think as I was going to think about Differently, it. Differently, yeah. Talking about, because I was going to be talking about it. Um, but I just kind of noticed something, at, and I'll talk about it when we get there. But um, I just love this movie so much. And that whole wide world song, same. Every time I hear that song and where I work at, the retail location I work at, that comes on the radio a lot. And every time I hear this song, I always just think about this movie and just, I don't know. I like that song a lot. It's so good, yeah. Yeah. The way they use it in the movie is so good, too. Yeah. It's, like, used for plot as well as Will Ferrell singing it is, like, really nice. And it gives you a really nice way to connect with the um, Harold character, which is really cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. Do you want to hit on the, the plot and all that jazz? I guess since you since I gave you guys a a little bit of time to talk, I'll get, I'll hit the uh, hit the plot points. As a writer, Emma Thompson ponders how to kill off her main character, Will Ferrell. The man begins hearing her voice in his head and realizes that his days are numbered. Directed by Mark Foster and written by Zach Helm, uh, this 2006 uh, fantasy comedy drama film. Uh, stars Will Ferrell, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Dustin Hoffman, Queen Latifah, and Emma Tom- Thompson. And Mark Forster, he's directed quite a few, um, you know, well-regarded movies. He's directed uh, Monsters Ball, Finding Neverland, The Kite Runner, uh, Quantum of Solace, World War Z. So he's directed quite a few, uh, you know, really well-regarded movies. Well, I've seen this one, and then I've seen World of World War Z. That's pretty uh, good. I liked World War Z. Yeah, World War Z was okay. Quantum um, of Solace is pretty good, too. I haven't seen any I'm, of the 007 movies. I've only seen Casino Royale, which is really, really good. I, I highly recommend that one. I think it's on Netflix still. And Quantum of Solace follows that one, which it, it's still really good, but it's not as good. Um, I, want, I still need to see... I'm trying to watch all the Daniel Craig ones, 
because the newest one comes out this year. But uh, Skyfall and Spectre aren't streaming anywhere, so I need to either rent rent them or buy them or something. Or just like have somebody project it into your brain. That doesn't sound as fun. But what if it was like, what if it was like VR and you could just like, oh, you know? It's All right, like, I'm thinking about Can Total I... Recall. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it does sound like Total Recall. I think how we started this off was Alex was saying we were going to talk about the Matrix, so that's what we're actually talking about. Whoa! Oh yeah, <laughs> the Matrix, man. We should talk about that movie for real though sometime. That's a good movie. I've only seen that one time, and it was a long time ago, and I don't think I understood anything that was happening. Oh, you got to rewatch. I rewatched the whole trilogy probably like six months ago, and they get less good as it goes on, but they're all still really good, and that first one is just amazing. It's so good. Yeah, I've thought about watching them, but it just seems overwhelming for some reason. It's three movies. See, I that's... Know, but aren't they long? No, not really. They're all about two hours long. They're not like Lord of the Rings or anything. Yeah, but the Lord of the, the, Lord of the Rings are really good. They're really... The Matrix... The first one's amazing. Second one is really good. And the third one is good. See, I think the Lord of the Rings goes the other way. I think... Well... I don't know. I th- I think I'd say the King is so good, though. Yeah, I'd say that's right. I'd say the first one. I mean, I would give the first one really good. Second one. Yeah, you know, really, real, I'd say really good still. Yeah, and the third like, one, I'd say amazing. Yeah, I, I think agree. they're all good. And then know. the Hobbits, all like, uh, I could never rewatch those. I don't think. I've rewatched like them a Hobbit. couple times. I also like the Hobbit, and we shouldn't get into this based on. My personal, or how, you know, his daughter is <laughs> named after a character in that. Duh. Exactly, that's what I was gonna. That's you what I was loser. alluding to. <laughs> Your niece, sir. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll talk about uh, stranger than fiction. Stranger than being the than preposition fiction. <laughs> this one, which I, when you picked the preposition, we talked about this a little bit in the last episode. When you, yeah. when you. Uh, pick the preposition um, category. I just wanted to watch this movie so much. I was like, please work for this crazy thing that he chose. Because I didn't think it actually yeah. did. But I'm glad yeah, because st- stranger than fiction, it, um, you know, alludes to be- something being stranger than fiction. So it, it um, you know, is a preposition in that way. Um Everyone's probably turned our podcast off now as I've been talking about what counts as a preposition. But <laughs> two episodes in a row. Yeah. So sorry I ruined our uh, listenership. <laughs> it's okay. Now that we're um, now that we're mega famous after the two week delay since we put this last podcast out, you know. Um, so back to Stranger Than Fiction. Um, it was primarily shot in, shot in Chicago. Uh, Chicago. Yeah, Chicago, the Windy City. One um, of my notes I, I wrote down is, what city is this? Because they never say, and I really couldn't get a good feel for it. Yeah. It says it was shot in Chicago. I don't know where it was like a writ, like supposed to be set out to me. Yeah, they never say. But uh, that makes sense. Um, you know, they want, they kind of, because I could never get a feel for the city. They kind of wanted to keep it probably 
a Make you generic York, major yeah. city. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they said Chicago. Do you? I don't think they did. I don't remember. I don't remember where, but I feel like they did. Maybe, maybe. I'm wrong. All right. Maybe when if you ho- heard when they were in the hospital, maybe they had like a Chicago hospital. <laughs> so Welcome if to you our heard Chicago hospital. The name of the city <laughs> in the movie. Please use hashtag. Uh, the it's Chicago dumbass. Um, and then if you did not hear it, say, uh, Jacob, you got one. Yeah, w- use a hashtag. Uh, where's the preposition, bitch? All right, I like it. All right. Um, so I had a couple of, um, things right before we get into the actual movie movie. Just, I had one of the biggest thoughts that I had. I like to movie movie. (laughs) I like to movie. (laughs) Somebody, we should have seen that for like five hours and then loop it. (laughs) Do it, do it, do it. If we're going to loop it, why do we need to sing it for five hours? (laughs) It's going to be a 10 hour loop. We're going to loop it one time after we record for five hours. <laughs> That's why. Come on. Follow along. So All right. The, I'm, on, I'm on board. With this, uh, the cast that this movie has, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of really good good actors and actresses. And Will Ferrell, you know, obviously uh, we kind of alluded to This is to probably with, his best acted movie, I'd say. Yeah, I agree. He is so surprisingly good in this dramatic type of role um it kind of it took me aback for sure like realizing that it's will ferrell and there is a lot of humor in this movie but it's like it's a very different kind of humor than what will will ferrell is yeah, known it's very for. S- subdued humor yeah i don't know have you guys seen eurovision he did awesome yeah. in that one very <laughs> very dramatic <laughs> I have not seen that particular It was film. amazing. <laughs> yeah, I have not watched that either. I have seen the Lego movie, and I do quote him saying, Honey, where are my pants? Quite often, <laughs> so. I've seen the Lego movie way too many times. I always feel like the him in the Lego movie is basically him from Zoolander. <laughs> kind of, yeah. You're not far off. <laughs> um, definitely not him in Stranger Than Fiction. In which he plays the IRS agent who counts his his teeth brush strokes when he wakes up in the morning. I do wonder though if this is the same person who later became a cop and audited his parents as a kid. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Maybe he uh, had a reinvigorated life, and like, was he with the baker until he met um, what is her Ava name? Ava Mendez. Yes, Ava Mendez. I mean, Ava Mendez is hot, so I don't, I don't blame him. Yeah. Although I do think Maggie Gyllenhaal is a is a hottie. Maggie in this movie Gyllenhaal, too. man. Just because she has a tattoo, Alex. A tattoo. I don't it. care that much about tattoos. Oh, whatever. Like, and like, she just is a baker, you know. So you know, it's gonna be sweet. <laughs> she's a baker. <laughs> she, did you say she's gonna be sweet? Yeah, she's gonna be. Because she comes off as a bitch at first. <laughs> yeah, but she's really not. Did you hear how she baked everybody treats <laughs> to make them happy? Oh god, I think she's annoying in this one. I didn't Cri- like her. Character Kristen's at not all. a fan. Oh, I love her so much. She's so annoying. She's like, I'm not gonna pay my taxes, and then gets audited, and she's like, Oh, I didn't pay my taxes. Oh, I'm, why am I getting audited? 
Because you didn't pay her taxes. <laughs> I get well, where she's coming she, from. She expected a, still, a reprimand. A rep, a reprimand she, with the IRS. She I expected don't think a so. letter. <laughs> it's dumb. I think her character is dumb. Well, Maggie Gyllenhaal is fantastic. Kristen, Maggie leave her alone. Awesome. I love her. She's awesome, but her character in this just sucks. See, I I, uh, I find her character attractive, so I don't know what that says about me or anything. I also do, so I don't know what that says about me. And <laughs> I think that... I think it says you guys are weird, okay? I, I would says. eat the chocolate chip cookies she made me with the chocolate with the milk, okay? That's all I'm saying. And that's enough. And then into the podcast because I'm done talking. <laughs> pay your taxes <laughs> I need to pay my taxes exactly or, not, or are not, you expecting a reprimand in the form of a letter oh I hope get I don't get a letter get that stimmy baby it's coming yeah baby also the child child paycheck things that are that are, that are coming have you heard yeah. about that yeah, they're going to pay you and they're going to buy your child from you so you don't have to yeah, worry about it anymore. Yeah, woo! <laughs> I got two for sale. <laughs> Three if you count my dog as my child. I thought you were going to say your Four husband. Four if you count my husband. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised the dog came before the I'm going to be rich. <laughs> I mean, I do get 1400 bucks, so. What? Nothing. Go on, Jake. <laughs> Um. Um. Well, this, so Is this that movie it? was. Ready to dive in? Well, let me get oh. the Rotten Tomato score in a little bit more. So yeah, I guess some uh, bud- budget info. Uh, budget info. We got some budget fans out there. Info. All right. Yeah, I'm so a fan. hit me with those box off box office. Box office. Hit me with those box office. I want some baklava. <laughs> Give me some baklava. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are those cookies that she makes him at the end? Uh. Like baklava sugar cookies or something. Bavarian cream. Bavarian cream. There you go. That's what we need. So um, if we get those, our budget's going to go up. Probably the price of $30 million, which is the budget of Stranger Than Fiction. Uh, the box office, they made 53.7. So cool $23.7 million uh, profit there, which is nice. It was reviewed and rated pretty highly. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 73% fresh rating, and it was nominated okay. for multiple awards. Go ahead, Alex. I was just going to say, I think uh, we're due to watch a movie that uh, is reviewed it's, terribly. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Yeah. I was uh, partly thinking that um, when I was listening to Gorley and Rust earlier today, and I was like, man, they watch some terrible movies and talk about them. We should do the same. Yeah, for sure. But I can't make a terrible choice because I have too good of taste in movies. So, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, but it received mostly positive reviews, 73% approval um, by critics, and I believe it was 85% uh, by audience members. It was nominated for multiple awards, including uh, some Golden Globe Awards and winning um, a National Board Review Award for Best Original Screenplay. So... That's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yep. And that's about all of the 
all the little details. We can dive right into the movie um, if you guys are ready. Yeah, kick it off. So the way this movie starts is pretty cool. It starts in from with a really, really long zoom in from basically space, I think, and it zooms, zooms into the Earth and then all the way into uh, a city and then an apartment and then a watch, and it's Harold Crick's Harold Crick's watch. What is his name? Harold Crick? Yes, Crick. Yeah. His his watch, um, and it it talks about the story of the the narrator comes up, um, Emma Thompson, and she talks about how um, this is the story of Harold Crick and his wristwatch, and that's how the whole movie starts. And um, sorry, and she, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say she uh, narrates his you know, kind of OCD behaviors. And I just, uh, I really love the, the way they have all the graphics on the screen and then the numbers and all that stuff. I thought that was a really fun way to kind of identify those things. Yeah, it's really cool. And I will say that as a public speaking teacher, um, having a visual representation of numbers is always ideal for your audience. So good move wow. on their part. Um, but I definitely love, he's got the, he counts his, uh, his brush strokes both up and down. Um, he counts um, the... I tried to tried to do some brushing like that. It's uh, I, don't, I don't care for it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work very well. Um, and it's tedious, and it takes a long time. And it's like you're not even getting all the teeth. You're just kind of getting the front ones. Then what, you like move slightly to the left and then do it again? Mm-hmm. Not very efficient, Harold Crick. You could save way more time with your timed life where you rush to get on the bus after you tie your Windsor knot. Um, but he is getting ready and the narrator is uh, narrating all these things that he is doing and as he's brushing his teeth he he notices that he hears the voice and he stops brushing and the so narration this, stops. Go ahead. This isn't, is this, this part right here is not when he hears the voice, right? Oh, is it not? Because it's just the it's just the introduction of him and oh, it yeah, kind of, right. he he just does his own thing because I thought when because it goes through that and then it goes through his f- like a full day for him and then it goes back and then it starts the next day and that's when he hears the voice and I thought you know when he hears that voice I could easily have seen the movie becoming a very goofy movie yeah based on the the way that is because he's just like hello who's there and like I could have easily seen them making a decision to go goofy and they, they, have, they yeah. definitely did not. Like he strikes the lamp for a minute and you definitely think you could definitely see how it would go in that direction. For sure. I also thought it was interesting when he was doing the uh recognizing of, you know, the narrator at that part. You could see the that ring light in his eyes and it just made me think of how often you see that in TikToks. Yeah, you <laughs> see it all the time now. Everybody's TikToks. One thing I really love about the narration is, and it really sets it up, you know, as like how a book would read, where it's like telling the story of not just Harold Crick, but also like his wristwatch. And in the opening narration, um, it kind of says like the wristwatch loved the way, or always thought that his necktie looked fat or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) And it loved the way. It felt, you know, when he yeah, would the, rush towards the bus. Yeah, the breeze. <laughs> yeah, those kind of things always make me happy. Um, but they, uh, he, he's got his whole life planned out by his wristwatch. 
um, and that kind of he's got his lunch break timed out to four point three minutes, and his or his his coffee break timed out to four point three minutes, and all this stuff. Um, probably timed out. He's got this OCD going on, so um, yeah. it's kind of who he is. He lives in solitude. He's kind of a simple guy, you know. Same thing every single day uh, until the narrator says uh, all of that was the same until uh, it was a Wednesday. Or how's it go? What does the line say? Yeah, um, it was like, um, and the, all of this was before Wednesday because Wednesday was the day it would all, his wristwatch yeah. would do something. Yeah, his wristwatch would change something. his life. Yeah, something right. something to that. To that, to that uh, effect, yeah. Yeah. You know, he would keep hearing that narrator throughout that day, and then he would go to the that room he was filing. I don't know if you guys had anything before that, but then Tony Hale shows up. I was like, "Whoa, it's Tony Hale!" You know, he'd only really done Arrested Development was probably the only thing I knew him from at that point. Well, and he was, uh, and that's his his friend, right? Or is that one of the guys giving him numbers? That's his friend, the guy okay, he yeah. kind of consider his friend. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. and uh, Tony Hill says one of my favorite lines that I he his delivery was perfect when he did it, and it's when um, Harold's like telling him like I'm being followed, and he's like yeah. he's like How are you being followed? You're not moving. <laughs> that whole scene is good with him. I cracked yeah. up at that. I don't know why. I just thought it was so funny. <laughs> he says I'm being followed by a voice. It's narrating. Narrating what? You're just, you're just, you're doing, just standing doing, there. You're just standing there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Um, let me pull up. My notes are not that great for this movie. I thought I would remember everything very well, but I just I mean, like a bunch of I, quotes. <laughs> I definitely didn't take notes to cover the plot. Yeah, I did not um, either. So just kind of jumping around a little. I thought everything at the beginning of the movie when it's talking about his his life his and his work and all that stuff before he meets Anna uh, Miss Pascal mm-hmm. um, it's so colorless like there's everything's very beige or gray and there's not any color really in his life um, you know hints there like the apple and stuff but yeah. that's really it um, he uh, I'm sorry um, the way that his when the narrator starts and it's so specific about every little thing about him his shoes squeaking and him kind of mm-hmm. like realizing noticing that, it all yeah him noticing it all is always fun because it's like i've thought about like what are my minute details you know like if someone was writing my book what would they include that's specific to yeah me type of stuff uh, which i always thought was interesting um, i've definitely had um some of my shoes be really squeaky and Especially when I worked at Allstate and I'd walk from like the bathroom back to my desk and it's so quiet in that area. I could just hear the squeaks in my shoes. Um, so I can definitely see that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, he hears, and he hears the voice and it makes him late for the bus because he's thinking about how squeaky his shoes are. And yeah. he runs into that lady and he's like, did you, did you hear the voice? And she's like, what voice? He's like, Harold just thought it was a Wednesday. And the lady's like, "Don't worry, Harold. It's a it is a it Wednesday." Is Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. Yeah, that was great. It's so funny. Uh, yeah, and he he gets to work, and then he's just distracted the whole time because he's got this voice like going over like going over him. He's getting math problems wrong that he could usually get right. 
you know, and right. everything about it is just wrong. And it's thrown him for a loop for sure. And then that that is what causes Tony Hale's character because they both get a, an audit assignment. Yeah. And one of them's a very complicated, like a day trader guy. And one of them's a baker, which seems like simple. Yeah. And so he's like, why don't you take the baker? So it's interesting how much the narr- the narrator causes the story that is being written. Yeah. And part of it, it's, and as the movie goes on, we, you know, we get more details about, you know, the book and whatnot like that, about how it's being written. Um, but it's like, they even question it throughout the movie is, um, you know, how does the plot move? Does it move because Harold is living his life or does it move because the narrator is making it happen, you know, um, which is an ongoing question for that, the whole thing. And, mm-hmm. It's really interesting how much happens because he's hearing the voice. Like, even when he starts hearing the voice, and um, it's like Harold screams out into the heavens, and he's like, I'm screaming at you, you voice. You know, he's reacting right. to the voice, you know. It's super interesting how, how they balance that. For sure. Kristen, anything to uh, to add? I did, but I can't form my thoughts. <laughs> like those, the way those the way uh, you guys were just talking about, like how we're trying to figure out if the story is affected by the character or is the character affected by the way the story is being told. Right. So, like, not trying to jump ahead or anything. Like, let's no, go yeah. for towards, it. Let's do it. Towards the end of the movie, like I realized that I saw a di- a, like a different perspective of this movie. Um, I was seeing this movie as like, cause he eventually, I'm jumping ahead of course, but he eventually meets Dustin Hoffman's character and the way I kind of see Dustin Hoffman's character is like, not to get like religious or anything, but like God, I see him as God. Like he's kind of like, I don't know, like, uh, like someone that Harold can trust, you know, like he's like. Putting all his he prays in. to yeah yeah like yeah. he's like trusting him in helping him and stuff and then <laughs> I call her Trelawney because I couldn't remember her name <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> but I was like K- Professor Trelawney K- Eiffel yeah <laughs> that's funny <laughs> that she's like fate in Harold's story like in which we all deal with fate like everything's fated for us you know like but then Harold's trying to change his fate. And by he's doing that by trusting in Dustin Hoffman's character, which is, you know, what I'm saying is God. And he's having that faith that everything's going to be okay. Like, and then after he talks with Dustin Hoffman, he gets that realization that everything's the way it has to be. You know, like, I don't know. It like blew my mind. It's and that's really interesting. It made me think it was so beauty, like beautiful. Because like, I remember watching it and I thought... This is, you know, really jumping ahead, but the scene when Harold brings back the story, you know, he's got got it from the author, and he wants um, Dustin Hoffman's character to read it, and he hands it to him, and Dustin Hoffman's character is sitting up in that lifeguard chair, mm-hmm. and the way the camera shoots it, you see Harold handing it up, but you don't see Dustin Hoffman up there. You just see his hand grabbing it, and that is very much like that's God grabbing his grabbing what he's providing him and then 
And that's what you know, sparked he... it. Because you said something about that when we were watching yeah. it. And that's what sparked it in my mind. I was like, oh my God, like all this makes sense to me. Like it's, I don't know. It's just, that's, I don't know. That's how I see it. <laughs> it's pretty cool. And, you know, when he tells him, hey, I think this is the way you should handle this. Then, you know, Harold takes it in, but then he checks it out himself too. Like, he's like, all right, God, this, this is what you want me to do. Let me, let me prepare myself and see. I, I love, I love that. I think you're, you're spot on. And I like did. not giving away like the, I mean, everybody who's listened to this should, if they watched it, they know the ending, but like the way Dustin Hoffman was telling him, like, there's no other way we can end it. Like there's no other way. And it's because Harold was saving that boy. Like, there was no other way that they could change it besides having Harold save that boy and get hit by the bus. Like, he knew, like, that, like Dustin Hoffman, God, was telling him that this is a way to go out. Like, you're saving someone else by willingly accepting your fate. I do you know? wonder what the original death was. Because well, he thought he, it was so vital. I think it just him saving the boy and dying. That's what I thought it was. Yeah, because like Dustin Hoffman was adamant that it has to stay how it is. And the whole inspiration but, about it was the apples. She saw the apple rolling. And so, right. you know, he's going to die by the bus that morning, you know. Right. I think it was that And it death. kept showing that kid and the bus driver. Yeah, that's a whole continuation of the whole story throughout as well. So at the end... In the movie, when she rewrites it, the wristwatch saves him. Yeah. I wonder if the wristwatch in her original ending was partly responsible for him dying. Like, if him... Putting his hand up. Yeah, if that's what caused the death rather than saved him. It could have been, yeah. Because the wristwatch was so vital throughout the way she told the story. Yeah. Yeah, it was a story of... It's a story of uh, basically Harold Crick, his wristwatch, the bus driver lady, and then the little boy. Yeah, because they show the bus driver and the little boy doing. Yeah, he gets a bike, and then she is applying and for I thought a job was, at the bus driver place. It, it was so interesting when they would show them; they would not detail what you know they were going to do, especially at first. Yeah, when she when she jumps off the building, but every time they show them, it's right before she imagines a death thing. Well, not even that. Like the very first, because the very first one happens when Harold Crick is being introduced, and we first get the. Oh yeah, the you're right. Yeah, because the boy gets the bike as a present, and she's circling the ad in the paper. Yeah, so you're like, who are these people? The first yeah. time you watch it, mm-hmm. and then she's trying to, she's imagining jumping off a of, off the building the second time, um, as she stands on the table, and Queen Latifah enters, um, asking her what she's doing, and she's standing on top of a table, just you know. Smoking, yeah, just pretty. Uh, she's a very interesting lady in her writing process, which is you know, I love it, I like it, it's cool, interesting movie making, yeah, definitely. She's very eccentric, yeah, and I like the it's very interesting how you know her her whole thing is she makes tragedies where her books that she makes are tragedies where she kills off the heroes essentially, and um. Queen Latifah basically the whole time that her character is she's like talking to her about smoking and like almost every scene or all the time like you're killing yourself type of thing and right which is interesting as well death is constant in this movie because you know the only thing that 
that is consistent in life is death and taxes. Yeah, I love that idea of the name of the story. And I wonder if she came up with the name of the story and then decided how to build the story from there. Possibly. In that one, in one of the scenes where after Harold Crick has, is with Dustin Hoffman and they're talking, um, in the scene where he hears her voice for the first time, she's talking about, she's, she mentions the movie, is, uh, the book is called Death and Taxes, and mm-hmm. the, that, but that interview is like a decade old, so she's had the idea for the book for like a decade, right. I guess. And the but thing she, she says about him is like, she knows he's an OCD I, IRS guy. Yeah. And that that's like it so far at that point. So it's super interesting how they include that in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this movie. I feel like good. I feel like we've jumped around a lot. I don't know um, if we just want to kind of hit on some of the things that we wrote down and yeah. go from there. That's cool. It's a, yeah. Um. So I have uh, basically uh, my next note is about when they. When he goes and he goes to audit um, the baker, Miss Anna Pascal, and mm-hmm. uh, as soon as he, he enters and she's like yelling and throwing her stuff, and everybody in the in the cafe, in the bakery, including the homeless guy, is like, "Boo, tax man, tax, tax man. man!" Yeah, I love that part. I thought the homeless guy for this uh, probably longer than I would like to admit. <laughs> I thought, is that Michael Shannon? <laughs> that guy kind of looked like Michael Shannon, <laughs> that homeless guy. Oh gosh, who do we have any idea who plays the homeless guy? I'm not sure, but it's not it's not Michael <laughs> Shannon. <laughs> no, it's not. But I kind of want to know who it is. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I could look it up. Maybe if it's on. It's not on the Wikipedia page that I can see. I'll check uh, IMDb really quick. Okay, um, so that's my that's my first note. You know, he's in the bakery. Uh, tax man, tax man. Um, and I didn't realize there was, you know, she gets her whole um, why she didn't pay whatever taxes. She didn't pay 17% or whatever it I is. I know. I liked and, her reasoning. Yeah, I did too. And she's like, I'll include a letter. And he's like, is it the letter that is entitled uh, Dear uh, something swine? Dear imperialist Imperial swine. swine. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. so funny. Uh, I definitely don't remember, or I don't think I understood, maybe, all the other times I watched it, how much, like, talk about the government and anarchy and, uh, quote-unquote, socialism and flag burning and all this stuff. Right. She's definitely a, a progressive lefty yeah. person. Whoops. Which, which I thought was uh, pretty cool for a movie in 2006, but, um, yeah, that was cool. Uh, but a lot more of that talk than I remember the first time watching it. Uh, I, I, really th- I do th- not have the info about the homeless guy. I do have some credits. Sorry, I'm yawning. Gosh. I do have some credits that say, like, um, bakery customer number, whatever. Oh, here he is. Homeless man. Larry Newman Jr. Where, Larry Newman Jr. I hope his daddy's proud. His one be. of his top credits is this movie, so he's probably not starring in a lot of stuff. He plays Adolf Hitler in The Untouchables, but not The Untouchables. Everybody knows a different one. Never mind. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Speaking of Adolf Hitler, I was watching a. <laughs> I was watching this uh, TV show. I don't know if you have uh, heard of it. It stars Jay Baruchel. 
Okay. Hold on. And I've only Is watched... Is it You're the Worst? No. Um, or not You're the Worst. Man CBC Seeking Woman? It's like on CBS FXX or something. Man Seeking Woman? Man Seeking Woman, yes. Oh my god. Have you seen <laughs> that guy? We watched show? the first season of it and then we never kept up with it. So, uh, one of my friends says it's like in her in her like top five, uh, not top ten movies, or TV shows of all time. And so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I gotta watch this. And I started watching it and I was so like, what in the world is happening with this movie? Uh, with this TV show, and then the second episode where uh, his ex-girlfriend's dating Adolf Hitler just, like, m- kills me every single time. Yeah, we wa- we never kept up with that show. Maybe we need to go back to it. We watched the first season, and I think that was all that was out at that time, and then that was it. Yeah, there's a bunch of... Uh, it's on... I think it's on Netflix now, or maybe it's not even on Hulu. I can't yeah. remember which one it's on, but I, was, I started watching that, so... Um... <laughs> That's all my Adolf Hitler talk I have. Feel free to jump in whenever you guys want with anything, because I'm just going through my notes, which bounce a little. You know. Well, my my next notes were Maggie Gyllenhaal. I find attractive. We already hit on that. Yeah, so I had Chris, Kristen's chagrin. <laughs> I had the part where she says, uh, "You're staring at my tits," and uh, Will Ferrell replies, uh, "I don't think I was, but I assure you, if I was, it was on behalf of the United States government." <laughs> Which I love. It's just such a funny Yeah, that's movie. great. You might need to include that. So, Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were going again. Oh, sorry. My bad. Way to ruin it, Alex. Do it, say it again. Say it again. You're staring at my tits. <laughs> I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> I can assure you I wasn't. But if I was, I promise it was. I can assure you it was on behalf of the United States government. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. a spot on Will Ferrell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, think no. that's accurate, but um, and then he like leaves, right? Yeah, he gets flustered. He's okay. got to go. Cause then doesn't it jump to the author after that? Um, or do you guys have anything else? That's when because after that he goes outside and he screams at the at the sky. Okay. And then, he, then he goes to his house and he starts shaking his lamp, and that's um, right. Yeah, and then I think he goes to, I think that's when he goes to that psychologist. So I've got that a little the later. Psychologist who looks like Edna Mode. Yes. <laughs> yes, I had that in my notes. It's that Criminal Minds lady, right? Yeah. She's also in um, Roseanne's movie She Devil. I you guys probably oh, I've never haven't seen heard that. of that. Yeah, but she plays in that too. That's the thing I know her from. <laughs> like if she is not. Or if if Edna from The Incredibles is not based off of her, yeah, it's ridiculous. There looks totally so much her. alike. Yeah. So I do have some Super. stuff before we get to her. Okay. Um. So we jump. We jump to the author, and this is when we meet her. And she does the jumping off the the roof thing. Um. And before she jumps off the roof, she because she's smoking a cigarette, and she takes it out, and she kind of spits. Yeah, into a napkin. Um, into her napkin and puts it, and that reminded me so much of our great grandma when she would smoke her cigarettes because she, you know, she would be really mouthy with her cigarettes, <laughs> and so that made me think of great grandma a lot. Um, she was a, she lived like her late nineties, but she was a chain smoker. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, for a long time, and. uh you know, then you you realize she's really 
standing on the table. And I love when uh, um, Queen Latifah's character comes in. Does she have a name? Penny. Penny, Penny. yep. Um, Does she have a name? (laughs) She's talking to to Kay, to Karen Eiffel, and she's like, I'm I'm thinking about killing... No, before she talks about killing Harold Kirk, she's like, what do you think about leaping off a building? And she's just like, I don't think about leaping off a building. Yeah. She's like, everybody thinks about it. I don't don't know how you're going to be any help to me then. That reminds me of the time we were hanging out with um, our sister, and she was like, I swear when I'm riding in the car, I just get this urge to open the door <laughs> and jump out of the car. Do you remember that? I uh, kind of remember that. I uh, That's uh, interesting. I've had a... I remember that. Was I there for that? Yeah, you were. <laughs> okay. It's when we were after the cabin visit. <laughs> oh, interesting. I've done... I've went into uh, one of my classes before, and like open up the class with have you guys ever uh thought about like how to uh crash a car and make it look like it was an accident for insurance reasons and like that's how i opened up a class one time what was the subject you were talking about nothing i was just thinking about that and wanted to talk about it (laughs) (laughs) and what what did they say anybody say yeah yeah i had two different people say yeah all the time (laughs) that's hilarious yeah so i guess i'm not crazy um but i love that that joke and then uh and then she's like i'm uh, i i don't know how to kill harold crick or or whatever yeah and that's before harold realizes it. you realize that's what's gonna that's the um end result for harold yeah he hasn't heard his little did he know that yet yeah um and then um i don't know if you guys have anything else before um edna mode Nope, Edna Mode a, is the next I have. Okay, I have a couple things real quick. So he talks to the HR guy, um, and the HR guy is a super hippie. <laughs> yeah. He's got the um, clouds background to hang out in. He's got, like, incense burning and all this crap. It's like, I, have you, I heard you were feeling a little flippy floppy or something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, you haven't used vacation in a couple years. And I'm just thinking... Uh, how does somebody not take their vacation time? I don't get it. Like I, I feel like I have a really good work ethic, but I take my PTO pretty often. Harold Craig is dedicated to the work of the United States government, including ogling people's breasts. Hey, it's exactly. We we need to do it for the laws and our founding fathers. I mean, would George Washington not have stared down Maggie Gyllenhaal's chest? I these think are, we all know the answer to this. These are the questions we bring forth. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, when he hears the little did he know, he's standing at the bus stop. Mm-hmm. He has his watch go all... Because Anna is She's walking street. across the street. I love that so much. And there's a guy standing behind harold that i'm like god damn it this guy looks so familiar and i did not realize it up until later way later in the movie he has a speaking piece and this when he started talking i was like oh my god i know who this is lay it on me it is one of the dudes from the sonic commercials 
you know the two guys oh yeah it's one of those two guys that's crazy he's, he's one of the guys who works at the irs with him that's so funny oh it totally is one of the guys who does the numbers yes yes oh my god it totally it's one is. of the sonic commercial guys that's so funny I was like watching. I was like telling Creston when we were watching. I was like, that guy looks so familiar, but I cannot figure out where he's from. And then later on, when he goes back, when the phones are all out, he talks to him. And I realize when he starts talking, that's him. Wow, I did not put that together. I I noticed him for sure, and I I thought about talking about it on the podcast, but I couldn't figure out who it was. So I didn't yeah. want to bring it up. Yep, it's a, it's that Sonic guy, the not the one without the glasses. Yeah, like the blonde guy. Mm-hmm. And then I have Edna Mode on my notes. All right. so. And so uh, Edna Mode tells him that he is suffering from schizophrenia. <laughs> He's hearing a voice inside his head. And he assures her that's not what it is. Where should he go? And she says, uh, if you're not going to take strong medication, which is what I'm telling you to do, you uh, should talk to somebody who knows about literature, which... Should he be taking medication? What do you guys think? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you would think you're crazy, right? Yeah, for sure. He is He is way uh, sure of himself to not be crazy <laughs> to all of a sudden hear this voice. Yeah, and nobody can hear it, and he's like shaking his lamp and stuff, and he's not crazy. Come on. I don't know. It'd be weird because, like, the voice is narrating what you're doing. Right. The voice it's is not right. It's telling you to do stuff. Like. Yeah, it's strange. It's saying what you just did. Like, I wouldn't. I would think that's more weird than, like. But crazy. when he goes to see her, he's heard the little did he know part. Mm-hmm. So he's heard something that's not a pure nar- narration. But that would, like. In my like honestly, in my mind, that would be like this sounds like a book, <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, I'm a character in a book right now. You would put it together that quick without even going yes, to the psychology. You would like... skip. You would. You're cutting Edna Mode out of the movie, out of your movie. Yep. I don't need you. I know what's going on. <laughs> I'm going I'm straight. Like, I'm, super suit. I'm going straight to Dustin Hoffman now. Yeah, I am. <laughs> oh god I'm in a sexy uh, lifeguard constantly persona. calling Harold Howard Howard yeah Howard. snapping for his snapping coffee for his, in while the you're bathroom. peeing yeah. yeah while he's peeing and he's like you got the tiles in the bathroom I wasn't counting yeah okay drinking way too much coffee cause he's <laughs> he gets the coffee from that vending machine yeah then he oh, goes back let, to his let's office. Let's stop and talk about that for a second. Have you ever used one of those, Jake? No. Well, and Alex has never used with, one of those either. Not I've with coins. I don't ever seen one of those in real life. I've used one. Wow. They're awesome. I miss them. Like, um, there used to be this hospital in town, um, and they had one there. I remember this as a kid, like a little kid, and I don't ever remember anything. Like, <laughs> like I, my memory is so horrible. But I remember this, and I remember getting tea from it as a kid when we had to, like, you know, go to the hospital for family or whatever. And I remember I was so excited to go to the hospital because I that machine was there. And I thought it was so cool because it, like, popped the cup out, and then it'd fill it up, and then there was this little window that you had to lift up to get the cup out. 
And it was freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have those anymore. They're pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I don't... I've never seen one of those. In, in real life. I've seen them a ton of times in movies and stuff. I've also never seen, like, a cigarette vending machine, which I've seen movies before. Oh, I've right. seen one of those before. I've seen those, um... Little pull tab. Remember the pull tab lottery mm-hmm. tickets they had at Gas and Scrub, Jacob? I remember no. that one. Uh, I do. Don't recall that. Um, but yeah, he gets the coffee out of the vending machine. And then he adds more coffee in his office to that cup. <laughs> That's like a normal day for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I honestly, I would drink, like, I take my cup with me to work, which is 20 ounces of coffee and then i get coffee at work <laughs> in my 20 ounce cup so i drink like 40 ounces of coffee every day. <laughs> jesus a, like a big gulp of coffee but then i also drink like 40 ounces of water sometimes 60 depending on if i make it to the water fountain enough i'm not i have to go to the bathroom just listening to this <laughs> yeah. not allowed i take my coffee very seriously I uh I drink a good amount of coffee. I I drink a cup and then I'm usually too lazy to go get another cup. <laughs> Which honestly, it's right behind you. I know. <laughs> the coffee pot is right behind you. <laughs> That's funny. I usually when I'm working uh from home, I usually have a couple cups. And then when I'm doing my job where I'm not at home, I take my travel mug with me and I'll drink the whole travel mug when I'm there. But yeah, I used to drink I a lot more coffee. coffee when I went went to the office because I would drink a cup in the morning, and then I'd take a travel mug to work. Oh, um, coffee, coffee, coffee's good. Anyway, I, I love I love how Dustin Hoffman's character shuts the door on Harold when he's like, "I'm done with you, yeah. you're crazy." And Harold <laughs> is just like, he's in the doorway. Yeah, he's just in the doorway, and he's kind of like pushing it back a little bit. And then little did he know opens it up for him. Yeah. Little little did he know that Harold could, that the seemingly innocuous act would push forward, you know, Harry, Harry his impending his death. His impending death, yeah. It's like, I I wrote papers on little did he know. I taught a class on little did he know. Yeah. I like it. he teaches some interesting classes. He teaches a whole class on little did he know, a whole class on the author of Harold's book. But he doesn't seem to correlate him with the author for some reason. Um, right. Even though- and he, um, he's like, all right, I need to see you back here next Friday. No, imminent. That could imminent. be. That could, you, you could be, be dead, dead by, by then. then. Yeah. <laughs> tomorrow at 45 tomorrow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then he comes and then, and he, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and then he's um, Harold before he comes back. Do you have anything not not before he goes back. Okay. So Harold goes, he's on the, riding on the bus, and then Anna Pascal hops on the bus. Yeah. And that bus, he's sitting in, like, right in the hinge, the yeah. accordion part. Because the bus I has to thought, turn it so long. I always thought those buses that had that little accordion-style piece to it were super interesting. Like, how, how somebody thought to, to make that. Yeah, I've ever since watching this movie, I always wanted to ride in one of those. But I had no idea. Like I've never been in like a big enough city that has one, you know. Right. Or I'm riding the city bus. I have. It's pretty cool. You rode on an accordion style bus. 
It's um, the tracks that's in Salt Lake City. They have those. Uh-huh. Oh, interesting. Nice. Yeah. Kristen's over here having cool adventures without us, Alex. I know. Okay. I, I've rode the little uh, Clarksville Transit bus. That's not anything special. No, it's not. And I've also ridden that one. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and then that whole flirting scene. I don't have anything else to add to that. But Yeah, I don't have weird. anything to add. I thought it was funny how uh, the narrator was like, um, Harold calculates his the amount of time he has left on the bus and the amount of small talk that they're doing. It's like how... What are the chances he's going to make an ass of himself? He's like, I have to get off the bus. 27 stops too early. That's funny. Like, And he gets off the bus because she says to do it. Kind it's, of. Because she, yeah. she, she brings the idea to his mind that he might make an ass and of himself. And you know he's hearing her. Yeah. So he point. thinks about it. And he realizes that she's right. The calculation, the odds of him making an ass of himself are way higher than... Because he's influenced by fate. <laughs> The author is fate. That's maybe fate can only take you so far. Oh God! <laughs> but a man can change their fate. If you have scissors, and you're three witches, and you're talking to Hercules, you can cut yep. a hair. You never had eyeball. a friend like me. Oh wait, that's not. That's <laughs> they're not sharing right. one eyeball, and they keep fighting over it, and then you're able to like jump into that pool and. As long as, you're, as, long as you're made you of gold, out. it doesn't matter. And then you're a hero. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, I can uh, ask you a series of questions. We'll fi- figure out if that's your story or not. Yeah, I love... And Dustin's calling him Howard. Yeah, Howard, yeah. So you could tell he's... Throughout that whole time, you could tell he's never invested in Harold as a person. Yeah. He's only invested in this idea about him this the literature idea. of it the story yeah and that's why it makes so much sense later on when he's like you need to die like he's never cared about harold yeah he's only cared about this story of harold it's interesting i like the line of questioning that he gives harold though are you a, the king of anything yeah like, like king, king of the king of, king king of the, the lanes? lanes king of the trolls <laughs> king of king of the trolls <laughs> My favorite one is uh, his... Kristen, uh, you're muted. I don't know if you know that. Oh, no. Okay. My, my favorite one <laughs> is when okay. he's like, what do these questions mean? He's like, I'll have you know I'm eliminating stuff. Aren't you happy to know you're not a golem? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm happy to know I'm not a golem. <laughs> it's so Speaking funny. of golem, that is my second favorite Pokemon. Whoa. So, throw that a, up there. He's a big old uh, rock ball. I thought they were just mispronouncing Gollum, so. <laughs> My well, precious. That's a different story altogether, and I Taters don't remember. What's Tater's precious? <laughs> <laughs> or how about same actor? He's like, Caesar is home. Oh gosh. Who which actor is that? Andy Serkis. Oh, I thought you were talking about from this movie. I was trying to figure out who was in that movie from no, this Gollum. movie. Yeah, Gollum. <laughs> I got it now. He plays Caesar he, from yeah. the, the I don't As, know any other Andy Serkis characters. Uh he what plays about Black Panther. Claw yeah, yeah, Claw. The Claw guy. 
the claw guy. Who gets his arm chopped he off in Age of Ultron? Yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. I don't know any lines from him, though. <laughs> He's like, if you want to intimidate somebody, you shouldn't need to show them an octopus or something. Because he's scared of octopus, like yeah, he's scared of that no, fish that has the fish. He's scared of cuttlefish. Yeah. Yeah. Cuttlefish. Yeah. Um, he's gonna, he's, he's. They shouldn't have killed him off in Black Panther, but that's another story for another time. Wow, that's a big spoiler. Keep no, it's up. not. It's fine. Big spoiler. Chadwick Boseman's dead. How about that? Oh my, oh my god. Gosh. <laughs> that's so mean. I, I don't know if that's mean, but <laughs> so mean. Spoiler alert. It's, not a spoiler Kevin. alert either. That's not. It's a human life. Of his life. life. A spoiler alert of his life. <laughs> That's what this movie was. Was a spoiler alert for Harold Crick's life when he was told he was going to die. <laughs> he was like, spoiler alert, narrator. I'm not ready for this. Uh, so after we're learning about these things about Harold's limiting his stories, we jump to the author again. And uh, I love Penny's like, because the author is constantly smoking. And Penny's yeah. like. Oh, um, I you know we could get you a nicotine patch. <laughs> She's like, I don't need a nicotine patch, Penny. I smoke cigarettes. <laughs> it's so funny. That's good. I love uh, I love all the little lines between them, even though they're they're very they're relatively quick most of the time. Mm-hmm. We don't spend a ton of time with the narrator and uh, Queen Latifah, Penny, um, but those are always really nice scenes. I think one thing we forgot to mention. Um, was in his visit with the professor. Um, uh, he starts trying to decide whether or not, trying to figure out whether or not his story is a comedy, comedy or, tragedy. or tragedy. Yeah, yeah. Which is something that uh, I always, I really like the idea of that. You know, and he's got his little notebook. Next time he goes to see Anna Pascal, and he's got two little like a pros cons list, basically comedy yeah. tragedy. Make little tally marks. And uh, when I sometime some point in time when I was dating a girl or talking to a girl at some point, uh, I started doing something similar to this where I was like, "Oh, I wonder," you know, and like taking tally marks when we were like, I don't know. This movie definitely influenced my life. Was it a comedy or tragedy? Well, it's a tragedy. Oh, it's fine though. I didn't die. You uh tried to buy her cookies. No, I uh, I can't remember exactly what happened, but <laughs> um, I love so you know jumps from there to the when he's going to actually do the audit of her, and she's making him miserable and stuff, and then uh, that homeless guy's coming up to him and talking. He's like, I got use you gonna text the bathroom? I got use the bathroom. You gonna text the bathroom? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a troll for real now. And when Which Anna, that whole thing, okay. By the way, <laughs> nice sweater, Kristen. Shush, shh, shh. I did not spill anything. Okay. Anyways, um, so Harold comes to audit. What's her name? Miss Pascal. Anna Pascal. He wants to. He's literally doing his job, and he's like legit trying to help her, and she's being a bitch about it, like. <laughs> Like, it's just like, I get it. You're against the establishment, but this person is doing a job, okay? Like, they're doing their job. They don't want to be the bad person, but that's their job. 
Like, I get over it. I think you worked too long in Allstate customer service. I think I've worked too long in any kind of customer service. Like, it's just, like, people need to realize that, like, people have Are to the, do their they're job. They're the messengers, yeah. Like, it's not anybody's fault. It's not their fault. Like, don't take it out on them. Like, But I also think, like, stupid. like, her box of paperwork... Like, I think that she is generally, like, that's how she keeps her paperwork. She didn't put it like no, that. No, she, she was like, I am fastidious. Like, but I just did this to mess with I think with she's you. just messing. Yeah, I, think, I, think I think that was just like a flirt. is yeah. messing with him. Yeah. yeah. Still, I think she really does. thing to do. Okay. I think she really does keep it in a box like that and just said that to fuck with him. Yeah, I agree. Like, I don't think, like, that part was... Yeah, I don't think purpose. she kept it yeah. in files and then we're like, I'm going to screw with Harold. And the I'm fact put that she kept like box. ignoring him when he was asking her questions. Like, he was just trying to get clear answers. Like, I, if I were like him, I'd have been like, fuck it. Like, if you want to go to jail, that's on you. Like, I don't care. Like, even if he was like, if I like was a IRS agent or whatever and the guy, like, I thought I liked him and everything, I'd, I'd seriously be like, if you're not going to be good, like, and, like, help me with this, and when I'm legit trying to help you, like, fuck this. You can go to jail. Like, I don't care. <laughs> that's why you're not well, the hero of this story. I was going to say, that's, exactly. that's not a very uh, good rom-com. <laughs> <laughs> Rom-coms used to be my favorite. Maybe I'm over them. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, I beg your pardon. This is a fantasy comedy drama film. Uh huh. Sure. Get it together, kid. So she makes him miserable, though, and then, you know, before Harold even realizes it later on, she he's about to leave. She offers him some cookies, mm-hmm. and I wrote down in my notes before he says it. I was like, she obviously baked these cookies just for him. Oh, why else would she have cookies coming at, coming out of the oven at this time of night? Like, it's obvious that she baked these just for him see and i put a note down that said man he immediately caught on to these cookies were for him i would have never understood that (laughs) and i immediately thought she's trying to fucking bribe him like like he's obviously doing his job he's doing a job you can't accept gifts Kristen just and can't see any like happiness that. out of anybody, like, like any kindness from anybody. It's, it's like, just being like, smart. It's being having common knowledge. <laughs> He's an IRS agent. Like, I don't know. I couldn't get past that. It's so funny. funny. That is not um, stuff that I paid any attention to, really. <laughs> yeah, I just thought I was like, she baked these cookies, and then you know. Chris is probably like, when he leaves, he's like, you baked these for me and I screwed up, huh? I think I'm in a tragedy. Chris is probably like, fuck you, Harold. She's in the tragedy. <laughs> her, life, her life is miserable. <laughs> Stupid anarchist. But I'm just like, when Harold's like, I, I'll buy these. I'm like, come on, you dumbass. He said, I'll purchase them. Yeah. I'd be happy to purchase them. I thought that the him like wanting to buy them was sweet because she is a legitimate business and he was following the rules, his <laughs> procedures that he has to go by for his job. Like Kristen's so ro- worried about the rules. Gonna, if she was using him, he didn't know that. So he wanted to buy it from her, which made sense cuz she's a business. She's a business. Business, business, fools. 
business lady. You know, Harold leaves the bakery and he's like, I think I'm in a tragedy. And he goes to uh, to talk to Dustin Hoffman's character again. And he's, you know, getting ready to do his um, swimming he, class. Hold on. Yeah, he's getting ready. He goes to talk to him. He's in the shower. There with a bunch of naked yeah. guys. Yeah. And yeah. all the naked guys are conveniently <laughs> placed right in the middle of those shower um, poles. <laughs> so you don't see any penises or anything. Yeah, my notes say naked butts. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Lots of them, and we like them all. I know you. When you walk past all the guys, and then not, nobody turns around, everybody keeps looking the same direction. And he tells Harold, "He's like, why don't you just try not doing anything and see, you know, if the plot causes you to move forward." Yeah, he said, "What should I do? Nothing. Do nothing. Yeah, just yeah, don't, don't do answer the phone. Don't open the door. Nothing." He does. He follows that to a T, baby. I know he's peeing in the bottle. Yeah, at it on his he's couch, watching depressing animal shows <laughs> all day long. This must be like, hey, who who wants to choose a program for Animal Planet this week? Oh, I know, Toby. Yeah, he, he has depression and he's not on his medication right now. Yeah, <laughs> I like. He does. He won't change the channel, but he doesn't mind grabbing a. A can of nuts and eating those. Like, I feel like you could choke on a peanut a lot easier than you could something go wrong because you watch a different channel. Yeah, and like, he he doesn't get his mail. He doesn't get the phone. Nothing happens, and his watch is going crazy. It's got like arrows. It's doing all sorts of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of you know building a signaling little bit. to him. Yeah. And you know, it like looks the, like it's the it looks like it's pointing at the corner of his apartment. Yeah, and the way they had the audio, you know, the audio kind of is building as the music is going along with the watch, and then you you hear kind of the crane crashing into the building, all at the same time. This nice climax, which is just kind of a nice little right, a nice little kick in the butt when you're doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, you know, obviously moves, the plot finds him. I wouldn't even say the plot finds him. Something causes him to get back on the plot. Yeah, something does, which is interesting. wonder what that is. And then, yeah, when he goes back to the to Dustin Hoffman's character, prof- or Professor, I can't even remember his name. Um, but anyway, he goes back to him and he's like, I don't know what's going on, but uh, <laughs> you're going to die at some point. So. <laughs> Just go your go live your life. He's he's like go go eat a bunch of pancakes. And he's like, you want me to choose between pancakes and my life? Yeah. He's like, well, I think that the I think the question at hand is uh, really an interesting one because you have to consider the quality of life being lived, as well as the quality of the pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really good. And he's like, this isn't some literary theory. This is my life. Exactly. And I do like I do like yeah, Dustin Hoffman's character. He's like, "Exactly. So go make it the one you've always wanted." Yeah, I love that. And he uh and he decides to change his life, but he doesn't do so in like, you know, an immediate drastic fashion other than the fact that he has to move in with his with his acquaintance from the IRS um due to his house being attacked by a crane, which is, you know, obviously a huge change for him as somebody who's lived alone and 
you know, does one right. dish and eats the same meal or whatever every single night. But when he does start deciding to change after having a conversation with, I can't remember the character's name. Um, D- uh, it's Dave, Dave. Tony Hale. Yeah, Dave. It's okay, Tony Hale. Thank you. Um, and he asked him, you know, his hypothetical question, you know, what would you do if you knew you were going to die sometime soon? And he wants to know if he could have a superpower. <laughs> I was like, well... And he's like, well, you are, you're you. And he's like, well, yeah, but do, do I have a superpower? <laughs> you're good at math. <laughs> like, that's not, not a, a super- power. That's a skill. <laughs> Fine, you're good at math and you're invisible. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, that's easy. Space camp. <laughs> but you're invisible. Why would you go to space camp? <laughs> I didn't choose invisible. You picked invisible. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, and I love, he's like, you know, pick space camp and it, you know, Dave's apartment is very um, postmodern, futuristic. Yeah. Like, it makes perfect sense. Like, yeah, it totally a, does. Aesthetic, for sure. It's perfect. Um, but after that conversation, Harold goes in to brush his teeth, and he no longer is – he decides he's not going to count anymore. He just – he goes wild, you know. And I like that idea of changing your life and choosing to change your life and, you know, starting with something small, like changing your brushing pattern or yeah, something like that. Yeah, the way you, you brush know? your teeth. Yeah, I, I really like that idea for, you know, because whenever someone's like, I have to change my life, I have to lose 40 pounds or whatever it is, you know, it's always so overwhelming. Right. And I don't know, I like this idea, the way I they did that. I hadn't thought about that before. I like, I agree. Yeah. And then he, uh, after that, he goes and he, he makes a little bigger change because he's always wanted his life to be more musical. And uh, we're not talking West Side Story here, people. He <laughs> wants to play the guitar. Uh, he wants to learn how to play the guitar, and so he goes to a guitar shop. And one of the things that I really like about this part is, uh, you know, the narrator is in full effect at this point. And, um, yeah, super, super high like um, personification of these guitars. Yeah, like the way that they've matched who Match Harold is. Yeah, and when they were doing this, you know, they show uh, all sorts of guitars, including an acoustic guitar with a hummingbird pattern. Hummingbird pattern, which um, is supposed to represent the person who uh, is it like does has no idea how to play guitar, <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, um, what does that say about me? Because that's the kind of guitar pattern I have. <laughs> How's your uh, guitar playing skills? Hey, look, man, I I have a couple of uh, calluses, and I can't play the song that he plays. That simple song he yeah, plays. That simple song. I never tried, in my defense, but. You can't play either, Alex. So I'm not down. pretending I can. Hey. <laughs> I mean, well, Jacob's I am. the one my, who brought up his guitar. <laughs> my entire life is based around my guitar skill, as well as my attempt at being the most famous and most decorated music superstar in the world. Yeah, you're like Bono. Yeah, if if he had <laughs> if he had some talent <laughs> and two names, um. But the next part that I have, I love the that, guitar yeah. he chooses too. Oh yeah, what's like the... he picks a guitar that's uh, a used guitar, dance, you know, slightly damaged, worn. It has character, and you know, he wants he wants a guitar that's rocked before. Yeah, and that guitar simply says, "You rock." Mm-hmm. And I think it makes perfect sense because Harold's. 
I feel like Harold needs a guide and the, this guitar is like his guide because it's been it's been there before. That's pretty cool. I never thought about that. He's got his little then, electric guitar that he's, you know, playing on. You know, he it's kind of this part too is is very um, montagey. Even though you have the narrator narrating, which Harold can hear, I don't yeah. understand exactly how that fits. I'm not sure either. But it um, even goes back to the narrator after he picks out his guitar. Um, it goes back to the well, narrator and, a little bit while she's in the hospital with Queen Latifah. Right. And, and yeah. but it talks about her. You know, Harold lived his life. Yeah. Um, before it goes to her and. You know, he goes to the movies at one point, and I'm trying to figure out what movie he was watching because it looks like a Marx Brothers movie, uh, is what I thought. But I'm not sure. I don't know if you guys know. I'm not sure either. But definitely a slapstick movie. And you know, he's just yeah, he's just doing. He's, yeah, he's laughing. He's having. He's a taking that time. vacation time. He's not stressing about anything. He's just living the living his life. Yeah, he's chilling. He's riding the elevator in his. It is now like postmodern apartment. That's not his own. He's rocking on the guitar at nighttime only. Mm-hmm. He still got his wristwatch though the whole time. That's but they, true. he uh, quits wearing a tie and all that stuff. Yep, quits doing all that stuff. Um, but he it, it goes back to it does go to Queen Latifah and um, Emma Thompson as they are. Still trying to figure out how to kill Harold Crick, and they're at the hospital and uh, um, in, in a with a gurney. Uh, here comes a uh, a guy who was shot in a gang in a gang a gang battle or something like that. Gang war, yeah. Gang war, and Penny, bless her heart, is like, there you go. It's just like Harold Crick's not part of a gang. <laughs> <laughs> Harold Crick, the IRS man, part of a gang out here in the middle of a shooting and stuff that'd be funny um and i love yeah she's like all these people are just injured i need to find the people who aren't going to make it <laughs> yeah the people who are who are gonna die for sure <laughs> yeah she asked the nurse she's like yeah where you know all these people are injured and and that's great but where are the people who aren't going to live <laughs> oh that's so good um what happens next? Uh, so we jump to Her- Harold decides to make a move with oh yes you know, Miss Pascal. This scene, this like whole section here, is my favorite of the whole of the whole movie. Yeah. This so he part. shows up. She's leaving her bakery at the end of the night, and he shows up carrying a handful of flowers. Flowers. I thought that was so sweet. I was like, oh my god, like that's. Cute. So yeah. smart, so Baker. clever, super flowers. adorable. <laughs> yeah, so bags of flour, you know, a whole bunch of bags of flour. So he brought her flowers. Yeah, one thing that I noticed um, that I didn't really notice the whole time. Um, well, actually, you know, she she goes into the whole conversation with him about, you know, isn't this against protocol? You know, isn't there some? Yeah, and he's like, he's like, I don't care. I I want yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, I, I want you. That's. She's like, what does that mean? I just want you. <laughs> She's like, well, can you carry it a little bit farther? Yeah, totally. And uh, one thing I noticed that this time that I hadn't noticed before or that I really hadn't paid attention to that I thought was funny this time was, uh, you know, when they're walking to 
her apartment or her townhouse, whatever it is, um, they have like some small talk, and she's like, uh, "Did you?" She's like, "Did you make a key? Do you know what the flowers are? Because they each have different tapes on them." Yeah. He's like, he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "What's that one? What's the blue one?" He's like, "I know." He's like, "No, I didn't make a key. I committed it to memory." Yeah, I committed it to memory. It's just like, "What's the blue one?" And he's like, "That's a barley flower." She's like, "What about the orange one?" I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's great yeah. and you know she invites him up he comes up and uh i I love her apartment like it's so if it, it's so her yeah you know it's very um uh hipstery yeah you know very let left a lefty person's apartment she has these chandelier like these like stained glass chandelier things that are above her kitchen table that i love Mm-hmm. Though her chairs were really weird. Oh they yeah, were really her kitchen tall. chairs. They are tall. They were because Will Ferrell is a tall guy, but his the <laughs> chair was like way higher than his head. Even. <laughs> it was yeah, really was weird. It's funny. They are so tall. But uh, yeah, and that's she has the guitar, and this is probably my favorite part of the whole movie. When he starts, he's like. No, no, I, I'm not going to play the song yet. I know. And then he, she goes to do the dishes, but he picks up the guitar and starts playing it anyway. And it's, yeah. you know, I'd go the whole wide world. I'd go, go the, the whole, whole wide world, world just, to, just find to find her. Yeah. Oh, I love it. My note on that was the our guitars get the ladies. LOL. This song <laughs> <is sweet. laughs> yeah, for sure. Between the she, guitar and flower. She totally comes up to him and she makes the first move and just starts making out with him. Yeah. And yeah. then he's like, he what? tries to stop her to say that he wants her. And she's like, I know. I want you too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this whole date, this whole date is my favorite in the whole movie. Um, the lead up, uh, the lighting, the way the song moves from him playing to like the full band playing. It's all just, mm. it's so nice. And yeah, that's great. You know, as they after they you know make out and go to the back, the voice, the narrator, um, after they're laying in bed bed together, confirms in the night that she's falling in love with him or something like that. I know how nice is that for him that he yeah. gets that confirmation. It's super <laughs> like nice. how many people would probably have a an easier time with their relationship if they could get that. If confirmation. they had a little bit of reassurance, yeah. Because I feel like some people screw up their relationships because they're just like, I don't know if this person likes me. And then they try too hard and yeah. ruin it. Yeah, I agree with that. But, uh, you know, that's when he goes back to um, Dustin Hoffman's The Professor's Office and is like, I, 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 it's a comedy, not a tragedy and stuff. And then that's when he sees... Karen Eiffel on the yeah because the book channel because he, he listened to this decades old interview did you say the book channel yeah that's what it's called it was yeah yeah oh, and the person funny. the person interviewing Karen Eiffel that's Kristen Chenoweth did Is you it really? realize that I didn't yeah even notice that. that's funny and she's all being like a dumb dumb ditzy blonde I'm like why is this interview on the book channel if she doesn't even know what she's talking about? <laughs> like, why would you 
put have somebody who interviews authors on the book channel that doesn't <laughs> even know a, you know what's going on they, it's like uh, death in texas i'm from yeah. texas <laughs> <laughs> well and i remember being very confused about that whole thing because i was like if this is a decade old and she had the title already like i was so confused for the longest time trying to figure that out it's it's honestly amazing how long the publisher let her go yeah without you know sending somebody to try to help her it really is she already had like successful books before so I just think of like somebody like Stephen King who puts out like two books a year. Yeah, but you know? Stephen King's crazy. He puts out way well, more plus books. She than... was suffering from writer's block. Like... Somebody, hey, somebody needs to send a, one of these freaking people to George R. R. Martin's. Yeah, they do. Place. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> and get him to, to put out his books. They need to see if he's standing on tables. And... That's that's my thing. Is like I want to read those books, but I I don't want to get invested unless you have, I know. You're talking about this, and you haven't even read the books. I'm. Okay? That's what I'm saying. You need to just. I I want to read the books. Zip your mouth. Zip your mouth. You haven't invested the time. Listen. You don't know our pain. You don't know anything about it, okay? Listen, so Linda. Listen, Linda. You listen. Read the books. You don't know the pain, okay? I have read all those books, and I'm still waiting for the next one. You don't know. You don't know the pain. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though. He's on your I, side. <laughs> I don't. Hey, but want... no, he doesn't get to be on my side. That's the point. He doesn't get to because he hasn't read them. I don't want to read the books unless I know there's a conclusion. Like, he could die tomorrow. I don't want to get invested and be left with nothing. Yeah, but you wouldn't have been, you wouldn't have read the books. The books are amazing. Give me, tell him to finish them and I will read them. Oh, because I know him personally. Yes. (laughs) You need to just read the books. But don't you get what I'm saying, though? I do get what you're saying, but it's like, just read the books. Like, I get where you're coming from, but it's like, wouldn't you rather read the books and know, like, how amazing they are without having the prejudice of being like, oh, well, he didn't finish them. Like, that makes no sense. My thing is, I read, so you might be, your, your argument might work just because I remember being in middle school and the author who wrote you do you remember the Animorphs books? I do remember those. Yeah. So I never I never read those, but she also wrote these other two series. One was called The Remnants and the other was called Everworld. And I read parts of both of those and never got to finish either of them. And to this day, I still think about both of those book series. See, you should just read them. I should find I should find the those books and re- you finish should just them. read them i want to finish those remnants and everworld books i loved those books when i was at like 13 14 all right <clears throat> so um we're in we're in the professor's office he's he realizes the author is karen eiffel he needs to find her and i love he's like Goes to the publisher, <laughs> and I love. He's like, "I'm her brother." Um, and she's like, "She doesn't have a brother. I'm brother-in-law." Oh, I didn't know she had a sister. I'm no, I'm married to her brother. <laughs> 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 and 
not in this state, a state over, which honestly, you know, when you hear stuff like that, you're like, thank God it's like not like that anymore. Yeah. Well, and here's another question. When he goes to the publisher's office, um, at that point in time, because he gets the address from the book, do we find out that it is Chicago at that point? I don't think we'd ever find out it's Chicago. I really don't. don't. I feel like they said Chicago. I don't mm. know. I might be wrong. It seems like that would be a point where they might say it, you know, because he gets yeah, the full address. Yeah, I don't think address. they ever say what city they're in. Interesting. I think they just say it's a city, you know. Yeah, they um, might. I'm not sure. But, you know, that doesn't work, obviously, <laughs> with the publisher. So... He's smart enough to realize, oh, let me go check. I work for the IRS. Let me see if I have her information. Yeah, she's got to be in there. And the uh, I, lo- I love how tense. You know, I've seen this movie a lot of times, but I love how tense that dash is to get to the phone. It's so tense. It's crazy how tense it is because it's like, you know. Like we Harold doesn't know, but we know but we she's know. just about to finish typing it. Yeah, yeah, you get it. And like and this is another point where during this whole this whole part where, you know, the narrator the narrator na- ah, excuse me. The narrator is saying, you know, he's running across the, the full court and there's an old man who is, you know, talking to right. his optometrist and it's so like that's hap- like yeah. Who who is the herald in her story calling? That's, That's what, what I had. I had that was one of my that was my my question is who is he calling in her story? Because as she types, the phone rings. The phone rings. You know, who is she? Who is her intended call to? So I wrote. I wrote at this point. I wrote, is this movie the story she's writing? Like, is she writing? This idea of somebody hearing their own narrator? I don't think so. I don't know. What if the rewrite is this movie? And maybe that's what it is. I've thought that for a while as well, which would make sense because maybe, you know, it shows, you know, the watch is very, very important. You know, maybe that was a little mm-hmm. different. I don't know. It's interesting. It's so. No idea. I also really like the idea of, you know, it doesn't matter that it's written. It's that it's not typed. Like that's the specification. Yeah, that's that's what it is. <laughs> and then here's my here's my other big 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 question that I was I never thought of before. You know, they're like, oh, these two are linked. Why don't you just like lock hair like have Harold sit on that couch? I'll type this up real quick and see if you die. You know what I mean? Oh, that's a, that's clever. Like just sit there. Let me type this up. See what happens. Okay, it's typed up now. Here's here you go, publisher. Great, he's still alive. You know what I mean? That is super clever. I never thought about that. Because um, the story exists. She's got it in her mind, you know? Yeah, you're thinking You're thinking too hard. I guess. I must have been. <laughs> That's. I love when, she co- when he comes in, though, and the way she recognizes him. Like, she's, she's back behind yeah. her chair. Yeah. She's like, it's you. It's the person... He's literally she's like she's your imagined. eyes, your hair, your shoes. <laughs> like yeah. she knew exactly like because she described him. Yeah. It's so 
I love that because when you're reading a book, you know, you envision these characters. There's such such detail in them and mm-hmm. the author of this character who is this actual person. Like, it's just so cool. And, uh, you know, that's you get this. He gets the story, brings it to the professor. Um, and that's when I thought, you know, he was is very godlike the way he gets the story from him. And then, you know, he tells him, he's like, I think you need to die. And it's just like, you realize he, this whole time he's never cared about Harold. Like this is, this is the, all the proof you needed. He's telling him he needs to die for this book. Mm. Who cares about you as a person? Who cares about yeah, your he even, happiness? He even says in the whole scheme of things, your life's not going to matter, you know? Right. He's very, yeah, he's definitely a big picture guy. He's not a small picture person. Yeah, and he believes in, like, literature, you know, as a whole being this, like, the greatest thing ever, basically, because that's what he's dedicated his entire life to. So having the chance to tell somebody that they could, like, their life could be forever cemented in this thing, which he, even, you know, at the end when he's talking to Emma Thompson, he says that, uh, he says that it's, like, the greatest work in, like, years and years basically the original before she changes it you know his death right which is wow you know and i um you know he reads he reads it the, himself and tells her to do it which here's a question could you guys read about your own deaths she's like hey this is how you're gonna die it's written out here like if i had that much it? If I had that much preparation that he, you know, was able to give himself, I think I could. I agree. I think I could. Interesting. I don't know if I could or not. I don't think I could. Because I think if I read it, I would want to change it, you know. I don't mm-hmm. think I'd be able to not let myself, you know. So I wouldn't want to be able to read it because then I'd be constantly looking up for it and trying to avoid it. Yeah, you're right. But if you knew, like, in this instance, like, he knew he was going to have to save that boy. I don't know. I still feel like even with that, like, you didn't have to. Like, I feel like if you knew, you could have grabbed the boy and just kind of dove out the way at the same time. You know? He kind of throws the boy. That's and why I'm wondering up. if maybe, you know, he... the end was a little different originally. Yeah. Because there's no hesitation from him. Possibly. Um, I had something here. What was it? Oh, but before you know, he gets to that. He they talk about you know he he has this nice time with Anna the night before, and the narrator's narrating, and she's like the night before his death. Yeah, and I I just wonder if he heard that, like he knew he had to. Have, Tomorrow right? I die. Yeah, yeah. And it's you know, and the narrator even says it's it nothing about that night is special they watch old movies and you know chit chat and whatever the only thing special about that night is that it's the night before he dies yeah i love um you know she's like he's like you can write off these things these gifts as charity he's like harold the point is the point is to break the laws yeah (laughs) he's like i just want you to he's like he's like i want to make the world a better place too and i think keeping you out of jail would do that you know which is just sweet, yeah you know yeah he's like let me use my superpower basically to help you do your superpower which i don't know i thought that was cool 
Right. Yeah, definitely. And um, he gets hit by the bus. Yeah. Little boy, little boy that we've seen on his bike, you know, jumps out in front of the in front of the moving bus, and Harold jumps out, throws him out, and the bus driver is the lady who we saw earlier, and Harold gets hit, and he goes to he ends up going to the hospital, and there's this scene in between in which uh, Dustin Hoffman and Emma Thompson are talking, and talks about the importance of the book and that she changed it. And whatnot, and uh, then the narration goes over as Harold's in the hospital, and um, right, he then it kind of jumps. It's kind of another montage, actually, where you know it kind of shows it shows the kid hugging his dad, and it shows the bus driver getting hugs from some some of her friends. Talks about life and the meaning of life, basically. And then and you uh, think Harold might be dead too yeah, at you, this point. Exactly. And if you've never seen the movie, that's your first time. I'm very interested in any of your thoughts because uh, obviously all three of us have watched this movie multiple times. <laughs> so right. I'm interested in what initial thoughts would be at that moment in time because I don't remember what mine were. But you, um, yeah, because you realize she changed the ending and she mm-hmm. saved him. And he's just really injured, and the watch ended up saving him. Yeah, which one thing that I uh, I always love about this ending scene is when Anna finally goes into his room after he's awake, and she's like, Harold! And he's like, it's okay, I'm fine. She's like, you're not fine. You are severely injured. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. You're severely injured. <laughs> I love that line. So that part where... Um... Uh, what's her name? Professor Trelawney. <laughs> Karen Eiffel. Yeah, she's speaking with Dustin Hoffman, and um, they're talking about how she changed the ending and stuff. And um, she's like, "Well, I can accept." What okay. Did she say? Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah like he... it's okay. Like she can. She like I can accept that. And the way she talks about it, she says like, um, "Isn't it worth saving a man who changes his fate?" Like. Isn't yeah, that who the kind accepts of man you want to save? Like, like, he accepts his fate. Like, isn't that the kind of man you want to save? Like, I thought that was, like, a great line. Like, I quoted it in my uh, letterbox notes or whatever <laughs> I put in. Like, yeah, I thought it was pretty good because it's, like, it's hard for some, like, if you think about it, like, could you accept your fate knowing that you're going to die? Like... Could you accept that, or would you go out, you know, not accepting it? Exactly. If it was for a good reason, like you know, I could, I could accept my fate. Like I could honestly say that. Like, um, it was just, it right. really hit me with that quote that she's, that she said. It was just like that he was worth saving because he willingly gave his life because he knew for, yeah. that it was going to save someone else's life. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. <sighs> Such a good movie. And, uh, you know, it jumps from there to um, the credits, and I just thought that cr- that credit song that leads the credits off, I thought it did not fit the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a little... Uh, 
I watched it on Netflix today, and so yeah. you know Netflix automatically, you know, it only lasts like fifteen seconds, and then it immediately goes to you know try to play something whatever. else. Yeah, and so uh, I didn't get a good a good. I don't remember the song. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. That I don't well, know but what it was, but I remember, I remember thinking it didn't fit. Yeah, I agree. I remember when it started. I was like, oh, did something else start? It didn't make it as part of the same movie. Right. Um, but yeah, this is a, I love this movie so much. It's one of my one of my top my top five movies of all time, as I mentioned earlier. So Well my last note on this was so this movie is pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> like I was completely turned on this movie. Like I thought it was gonna be the most boring thing in the world. So glad. And here I ended up actually loving it. Yay. Yay, I'm so happy. I love this movie so much. <laughs> um, one thing that I also, during that final narration scene that I forgot about was, um, you know, it kind of shows every single person, the, you know, um, not only the kid and the bus driver, but it also shows, um, you know, Queen Latifah basically giving giving uh, Emma Thompson nicotine patches and Dustin Hoffman going for a swim in his pool, in the pool with his little nose piece. And then uh, it also shows um, uh, that Harold Crick got, sent Dave to space camp. Or he, oh, that was like, super cute. We didn't talk about that. Like when he was all preparing to like accept his fate. Yeah, it yeah. was the night, the night before he was going to die. Dave to go to space camp. So like, cool. I thought that was so cute. Yeah. Loved it, loved sweet. it, loved it. Yeah, that was my final last thing about the movie was um, just uh, just how great it is and how much it means to me and how much I like it and the themes of the movie throughout and you know being a good person and I just love this movie so much so much about it speaks to me so I'm glad you enjoyed it, Kristen. I'm glad Alex always has liked it and I'm glad we got to watch it and talk about it for. For this uh, theme, yeah, and I mean my final. Um, I know we usually lead with a rate or leave off with a rating. I did give it four and a half stars. Too low. <laughs> it was uh, it was very good, very nostalgic as well. Um, but uh, you know, just some things I think as I've gotten older, there's a couple things you know about it. I don't think um, gives it the five stars, but I don't blame anyone for rating it that high. You don't blame me for rating it five stars with the heart, Alex. I also gave it four and a half stars. Um, I mean, like I said, I didn't really like Maggie Gyllenhaal's uh, character. Like Alex was saying before or yesterday that they really stopped like writing her character like halfway through the movie. And she was just kind of there. Like, yeah, they don't really add any more depth to her once they yeah, like, relationship. Like, I think I would have liked her if they added more depth to her character. Like, she's just kind of like a thing in Harold's life. Like, I wish they had dealt, like, you know, dove deeper into who she is and how she had such a connection with Harold. Like, I think that would have been really helpful. Yeah, I feel but... like they could have done more about why she was attracted to Harold. Yeah. Like, I... I I do agree with that. I agree yeah, with that as well. I never that's thought like the about only, it. But yeah, that's I agree. why I took off a half a star is just because I didn't like the development of her character. Like, it was just very not not good. 
Well, I gave it five stars because of how amazing it is, so no one cares, Kristen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Alright, so that'll uh, end our episode here for um, the Stranger Than Fiction section. Um, our next selection will be from Kristen. Kristen, what movie are we watching for your um, selection? So I had a really hard time trying to pick a movie for this uh, category. Um, I'm going to say one. You tell me if it is it, okay? So I pick Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. Is that a preposition? That that has two prepositions in it. Okay, cool. So we're watching that one, and that one stars... Freaking um, Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes, and John Leguizamo. So, woohoo! We're watching that one. <laughs> I've never even heard of that. So it's amazing and it's awesome. You're gonna love it. <laughs> I've never. It's like every time we watch a movie, I've never heard of the movie that we're watching unless I pick it. <laughs> I, I've that movie title always makes me think of um, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. The very last book in the series is called. Um, um, some or I think it's called "So Long and Thanks for All the Fish," <laughs> and for some no. reason it reminds me of it. Yeah, that um, yeah, is a pretty long title. It's just it's funny because everybody always just calls it like Tu Wong Fu," but it's like legit like all of that like Tu Wong Fu." Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. <laughs> wow, it'll be a long That's episode cool. title. I can't wait to I've type never, it out. I n- I know Kristen likes this movie. I've never I watched it. I so. love this movie. Oh, my God. I love it. It's awesome. Awesome. Yay. And that will uh, be our final movie in the, the prepositions with titles theme. So, uh, Jacob, I hope you are ready by our next episode to pick your theme and your first movie. I will. Uh, I'll get on it. I'll All get right. on to figuring that out. So, um, Jake, you want to wrap up our episode? Yeah, so in the meantime, while I'm trying to figure out what our, uh, while we watch uh, that movie and I figure out our next um, theme, you guys can follow us on Twitter. We are on Twitter, the podcast, All Take Three uh, Podcast on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me as well, uh, at Jacob Dukeshire. Uh, I am on Twitter. I am also on Twitter at Alex Expressed. And I am uh, at I am Kristen One. Is that right? That's right, right? I think yeah, that's correct. That's I think that is okay, your Twitter awesome. account. Okay, I know it. Yay! <laughs> awesome. And well, go ahead. As Austin. always, we uh, rate review on iTunes. Send us feedback any way you can. We always appreciate that too. Yeah, let us know. If you want to send us an email, send it to alltake3podcast uh, at gmail.com as well. Um, but that'll do, us for he- that'll do it for us here tonight. Um, thanks for joining us. We'll see you in a couple weeks. And as always, are you staring at my tits? Only as a, a government representative for whatever he says. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.